So we are recording. Hey, Eden. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Thanks for having me. So we kind of want to get right into it. And you have a very interesting line of work. I think there's so much to be discussed and learned about. And um, the only way to do that is to talk about these things. So we're really happy you were open to talking about this with us. And we'd love to just hear from you what it is exactly that you do. Yeah, thank you. I do have an interesting job. I've um, been working the last three years actually as a sex worker. So there's all different kinds of sex work. Um, specifically, I work at a spa. So uh, in Midtown, um, I, we have like a storefront. So I go there maybe a couple times a week and I see some clients and that's how I've been paying for everything. And it's honestly cannot rave about it enough. So I would love to talk more about that job. So that's what particularly interested me about your scenario was that you were so willing to talk and and so excited about it and that was contagious and yeah and I mean I've like I've been working since I was 16 in various different jobs like I've done the whole retail thing I've done the restaurant thing I've I've grinded since I was 16 like trying to you know work off my student loans um, I have a degree uh, you know do it kind of a quote-unquote conventional like right way. And I found myself at like age 27, just like drowning in debt and was just like, I can't handle this anymore. This is crazy. Like I'm, I'm working like three jobs. I'm trying my best and I couldn't keep my head above water. So I honestly, my biggest regret is that I didn't go into this sooner because it's just honestly like saved my life. Well, yeah, it's brutal. It's so difficult to try and figure out the retail or the, the restaurant gigs. It's hard, man. They don't pay you a living wage. It's really crazy. And I mean, like living in cities, um, trying to keep your head above water when you've got like student loan debt, when you're trying to pay rent, it's crazy out there. Like I, I really feel for people cause it's hard. Hey, you are preaching to the choir. So we hear you, <laughs> but okay. So, okay. Before we go too deeply into your, your side hustle job that supports you in pursuit of your passion, I want to know what your passion is. What are you, um, what do you aspire or maybe what are you working towards being your full-time gig? What is your, your passion, your art, your craft? What is that? Uh, so I actually work in film right now. Uh, when I first started out doing sex work, I was doing acting classes. Um, I really just wanted to continue doing creative things. And I found that because I was like working all of the time doing three minimum wage jobs, I was just exhausted constantly. And I didn't have any energy to even think about doing acting, being in film, um, doing anything sort of creative at all. I was just exhausted. I didn't have money. And uh, so now I'm really lucky. I work in film every day. Um, I do art department. So I get cool. to be creative every day. I work on sets. And I'm really like living the life that I want to live. And it's I feel it's because of the sex work providing me like the money and the time to be able to even do that. Because before I didn't even have the time. Mm -hmm. Hey, I feel that. I was literally just having a conversation with my dad the other day. And I was like, dad, there are, there are a lot of different versions of what the next several months could be like for me. But part of it is that I really want to be able to relax because for the first time in my life, I, I may not need to work three jobs and literally three jobs. And, and uh, he was like, yeah, but Curtis, Curtis, this is the 
the time that you're supposed to be really on the ground hustling. And uh, I mean, it's interesting. I feel I feel the pain <laughs> of wanting to kind of try and drift away from that. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard because if you're if all of your energy is kind of being used in like survival mode, you're like, where am I going to eat? Where am I going to live? Like you, you can't level up to those like higher levels of creativity if you're just like, I need to eat food and I don't have money to eat food. Yeah. So it expends a lot of energy. <laughs> I was just, I was so tired. I was like, I, I need to take my power back. Okay. So how did you get into this? How did you discover this industry as a viable career option? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, I actually found it on Buns, which is if Stop. nobody knows what, what Buns is, Madeline love um, loves Buns. Love she brings buns. everything from Buns into our home. I love Buns. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, if anyone listening doesn't know what Buns is, it's um, basically like a platform um, where you can find jobs or you trade for items, uh, like item for item. Um, so, someone did a posting there. I don't think they actually even allow it anymore but there was a, a job buns group and someone posted that that they were looking for people and I was like good for those girls like I was like good for them and then I was like well if it's good for them why is it not good for me like if, if I'm proud of them for doing it and like you know getting their money why is that not something that I can do and I toyed with the idea for a while and I was like, am I really going to do this? You know, there was like prejudgment that I think was a bit subconscious in my brain was like, you know, I, oh, oh I have a degree. I, I can't do sex right. work. You know, it was, I thought I was better than that because that's a, a, a preconceived notion I think that I had. And, um, it ju I just got that, that extra bill in the mail that week. And I was like, no, nah, fuck this. I gotta, I gotta do something. So I messaged them and I thought, you know, I'll go for this interview, even if it's just like really not for me, at least I have this funny story of going to this interview and I can say, well, oh, I, I went and, you know, it's kind of interesting characters I could meet. So I thought worst case, it'll be funny. Best case, maybe it's something I, I like. So I went for the interview um, in person at, at the spa and uh, met with the two uh, managers there who were both female and just talked about, you know, boundaries and what to expect. And, and they were like, yeah, we, we think you'd be great. You should start tomorrow. And I was just like, oh. sure, sure. And before I could have a chance to like even say no, I just kind of did it and just went the next day, had a person right away and was just like, okay, this is happening. It was all great. So there was no training? No. Well, I mean, there was training, but like, you know, what, is, what are the, tra what is the training? It was pretty, like pretty standard interview, to be honest. Like they were like, have you worked in the industry before? I was like, no. Um, they, uh, I just, I had questions about like, obviously safety. Um, you know, yeah. are, are we protected here? Or can we, can we say no? Do I have boundaries? You know, that's, that's important for me. Like, or is this a, a stereotypical kind of, film situation where I'm going to be forced to do something that I don't want to do. And I didn't want to get into that situation. So I, you know, boundaries are important. Can I say no? Is there someone here protecting us? Um, and that's what I like about going to the spa versus kind of working independently from my home, which a lot of people do. I have a place that I go that's a separate place where I am this person and there's other people there at all times. So I feel very safe. And I have the 
uh, ability to say no. I can see whoever I want. I can say no when I want. I have my own boundaries. And I think that's really important. And that's a privilege that a lot of people, even in the industry, might not get. They might have bosses who kind of make them do things they don't want to do. And that's getting more into like the dangerous side of sex work. There's like a really nice side and there's a, a dangerous side that I think we should also maybe talk about. But So, so is, I mean, this is super ignorant of me, but I just I don't, don't know. know. Is sex work legal in Canada? Um, so it's actually legal to sell. So I'm not doing anything illegal, but it is illegal to purchase sex. So it puts the onus kind of on the customer who's buying the sex. So the exchange of money with oh. is the onus with the person who's buying. So so your clients, yeah. what they're doing is illegal. Yes. And that, that still, I mean, puts a lot of pressure on them because they don't want to get caught. They don't want to, you know what I mean? They're, they're all sketchy about it. But I mean, it, it's kind of this weird in Canada, this weird gray loophole where, I mean, we have bylaw officers that come in and they know us, they know what we're doing, but they come in to check, you know, are we being trafficked? Um, are the conditions that we're working in okay? They're, we're, we're under the guise of sort of holistic uh, license. We're a licensed business. We're registered. Um, I have a license, a holistic license um, that I that I have that is legal. And uh, then we we do the other things on top of that. And they they know, and they just don't. I guess I mean they care, but they 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 are just making sure that we're not being trafficked. Is basically what they're coming in for. And is the work that you do, does it vary or do you just have a certain like comfortability and skill sets kind of thing? And does, does each right. uh, worker? Yeah, walk us through a typical day. Yeah, so um, basically a, a spa or like a body rub, um, you would see a client for maybe half an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, they can book a session with you or they can walk in. We get a lot of walk-ins in our area. Basically you um, see the client, you give them like a massage and then it's more of like a happy ending. So that's like the baseline service of what we provide. Anything additional above like a hand job is um, at our discretion. So we would charge extra for those things. We can say yes or no. We don't have to do any quote unquote extras we call them. So our baseline is massage, hand job. <laughs> so is that negotiated in the room beyond the hand job? That would be beforehand. Um, sometimes they mention it, especially if they're looking for like a specific thing or um, if they uh, are looking for like fetish. Um, we do some of that as well. Um, it's kind of anything goes as long as you talk about it. Um, we try and do like open communication and, and open um, conversation around like what people want. So yeah, so there's no surprises when you get into the room, but sometimes sometimes that happens where people think they're getting full service, which is which is sex, uh, and you're like, no, that's not what's happening here. So, do you not have full? You don't have sex with people. I do sometimes. I have um, I have a maybe like five or six regulars we call them regular clients that come in um, that I've seen over the past three years that I've worked there that I I now do full service with if they come in. So I have like my little like roster, but other than that, I generally don't do that. 
And is that better paying than your your typical rub and tug or like massage happy ending? Yeah, like you would charge extra on top. Yeah, you, and you can basically charge whatever you want, um, which is interesting because you're freelance. So you, it's your body. You can charge whatever you want. But there is kind of like standard pricing that goes kind of throughout the industry. So it is it is really like you are running a business like it is your your own kind of onus to to charge what you charge and to do advertising and to kind of set your own boundaries so it teaches a lot advertising. of girls yeah advertising like it's like a business like it teaches girls business skills for sure so how would you advertise because i thought that was illegal in canada too well again it's kind of a weird gray area um if you open up uh well not anymore but if you used to open up kind of now magazine and then those um kind of coffee table magazines. Um, There used to be advertising in the back of those. Uh, We do a lot of online advertising, or we used to. What we actually used to use was Backpages. It was a website that is specific to sex work, um, but it was an American website. And a few months ago, almost a year ago now, uh, the U.S. introduced the SESTA-FOSTA bill. So it was a bill that the the United States introduced that was to, quote-unquote, protect women from sex trafficking. Now, obviously, sex trafficking and sex work are two completely different things. Sex work are people that are like me that want to like have sex for work or work in like the sex industry. Um, it's consensual. It's a job. Um, sex trafficking is obviously people that do not want to be in that situation. People that are trafficked and do not want, they're not choosing that life. Um, so obviously nobody wants sex trafficking. That's like a given sex workers don't want sex, sex trafficking either. Like nobody wants that. So obviously hearing, oh, there's a new bill that's going to crack down on sex trafficking. Everyone's like, of course, that's great. When you dig into the bill, what it is is actually just getting rid of any advertising at all for any sexual services. So that includes sensual massages, body rubs, um, rub and tugs, prostitution, um, anything like that, anything sexual. So what happened when they introduced the bill in the U.S. is that it actually, um, they shut down that website, that main website that we used our advertising for. So we kind of took a hit. Luckily, we have, again, the location that people come in. They know where we are, but, but we lost a full website that is mostly our, our advertising. So, yeah, it kind of damaged us a little bit. Well, and it's the whole catch-22, right? Because it's not outright banned, but they, there's just certain things that are deemed illegal, um, whether it's in the States or Canada. And it's just it's – a, it's a very tricky um, situation because – I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you could speak to the whole, well, if it were all fully legal, we could better regulate it and, yeah. and better ensure safety practices and all of that. But it, yeah. it's difficult to do that, right? It is, yeah. And and I, I get it. Like, there's a lot of um, people who don't understand the industry because it's not talked about a lot. And a lot of what we see in media is either the two kind of sides of the spectrum, which is like this destitute person on the street who's like selling their body to anyone and everyone and like is is on drugs and you know the the kind of stereotype of like the prostitute on the street the hooker and then you which which are sex workers as well like there's no there's no hierarchy of like um I'm in a spa so I'm better than someone who's who's on the street like sex work is sex That's a good work. point. 
But uh, and then the other extreme you kind of get in in television is this sort of hyper glamorized like model who only sees attractive men and like in condos and like makes thousands and thousands of dollars a day and like she's she's just like a, a victim and she doesn't know what she's doing but she's so hot you know that that kind of other side yeah. of it and it's like there's such a, a vast kind of array of of people that are doing this uh, in between those two those two spectrums. And so I think when people hear like, oh, sex, like sex trafficking, we want to stop that. We want to, you know, introduce these bills. These women are doing something illegal and they don't know what they're doing. I think that's really damaging because a lot of us do know what we're doing and we are choosing this and it's our bodies and we're giving consent when we, when we do sex work and it is a job. And I think that people just want to work in a safe environment. And if you're getting rid of advertising where we can vet and kind of screen clients, that's not really helping us. That's hurting us. Interesting. I, I was first um, enlightened to that notion back when I was at in university um, on the East Coast and I took a human sexuality class. And mm. we had a sex worker come in and speak to our class. And, and she was kind of of the school of thought that that you're speaking of is just she was very this this job she chose and and she enjoyed her work and you know she was putting her kids through university with this work mm-hmm. and she had a loving marriage and her partner understood her work and it was just this kind of eye-opening experience of this is not sometimes what we think it is and I think that's mm-hmm. just due to ignorance right and that's why it's great that we're talking about this definitely yeah I think there's a lot of stigma around it still for sure it's I the most comment that I get all the time when I tell people is like you like you don't look like a sex worker like I'm I'm just a kind of normal girl like I don't look like a model I have a normal body I, I thought you know am I even hot enough to do sex work because I thought like you had to be this like super sexual model who wants sex all the time and that's just like not I'm just a normal person (laughs) do you have a partner who either cares or doesn't care or have you like had a Mm -hmm. partner who does um so I have had uh partners in the past a a couple years ago when I when I was working who um understood and, and didn't mind and they were pretty open to it um I feel like I've been pretty lucky in that way um I don't know if it's because I'm like choosing to tell people and, and date people who I feel would be open to those things or if, if I've just been lucky. But um, I did have one person that I did kind of start to date that I did tell and he, he wasn't okay with it. And it's, it's okay. You know, we're, it, we're kind of, I feel like on the cusp of, you know, this being something that we're talking about in society and we're kind of growing more open to. So I understand if people have questions or reservations about it, like obviously concerns are like, you know, safety as well. Um, If you're in a relationship when you're sleeping with multiple people in any capacity, it's important to talk about boundaries and and comfortability and and safety. So yeah, it's just a, like just, you know, having an adult conversation about it is important. Right. Now you mentioned the, you charge what you want, do you, but you pay a commission to your, your bosses there? I do. Yeah. So we pay what's called like a house fee. So um, basically you're like renting the room, quote unquote. So um, it's again, like the safe space that you're renting to be there. So they take a little bit from each client, but the majority does 
go to us, which is amazing. So yeah. And they have to keep their business running too. I get it. They have to do laundry and pay for things. So, and they, they help us advertise also. Um, so that's good. And, and they, they provide like the regular clients that come in. Right. And it's two women. Were they in, were they sex workers themselves or are they still practicing sex workers or do they just solely do the business of it? Uh, yeah, so we have one manager now. Um, she's been in the industry for a long, long time. She's amazing. She's a dominatrix. She does burlesque. She's been in the industry. And I think that's that's really important is to have someone who does the work because they're not telling you what to do without knowing themselves what that entails. So she works all the time still. I work shifts with her. She's amazing. Interesting. So what about your family or your friends? Like how often are you, do you share this, this with people? Do your, does your family know? Uh, my family does not know. Um, I've chosen not to tell them just because I feel like it would be something that would be really difficult for them to understand. I come from a loving home. My parents are still together. They've given me, you know, everything I could ever imagine. Um, and I feel like they would feel like this is maybe something that they have not caused, but what do I want to say? Like, like, what did we do? Did we not support you enough? Um, we could give you money. Like, is it about money? Like, you know, I feel like they would feel like it was something bad and I don't think they would understand. And I think that in reality, trying to explain to them, you know, that it's, it's powerful and it's given me my life back. And it's, it's really like a wonderful thing is, it would be a tough conversation. And sometimes I feel like it's better to not, not tell them. I don't know if that would be ever something I would, would open up to them. But my friends all know. They're very supportive. They, they don't get right. it. <laughs> right. So what do, you, what do you love about the job? So the, the main thing I love is that it's super flexible. So again, like I can go off and shoot a film for three weeks, come back, do a couple shifts here and there. Like I, I have complete flexibility of when I want to work and how much I want to work and I can make my own schedule, uh, which is really amazing. So it's really fit well around filming and I've met a lot of cool people doing it. Um, I've paid off a lot of my debt. Like I was in like crippling debt before and now I'm, I'm totally, totally fine. So it's been amazing. Like there's not, honestly, there's not a lot of negatives, um, that I've, that I've personally experienced. Again, this is coming from, uh, people can't see me cause I'm on a podcast, but this is coming from, you know, a, a cis het white woman who's conventionally attractive and able-bodied. So there's a lot of, like, I don't really intersect that much. So a lot of what do you my, mean by intersect? Like I, I, I'm, I am not LGBTQ. I'm not um, a person of color. So I am like a straight white woman. So a lot of my experiences in the sex industry are positive. I feel like because I, I am just a straight white woman. A lot of people that I work with that are people of color, even still, like are experiencing racism in the industry. They'll get less clients because they're black. If someone is non-binary or presents more masculine, they'll have less clients than I will. So there is still like a lot of that kind of going on um, in the in the sex industry as well. Um, so my views of it being like super positive experience, I just want people to know, comes from through the lens of me being a, a straight cishet white person. So Eden, just uh, to tour back a little bit, do your parents yeah. just think that you've done really well in film? Like I'm assuming that you 
um, like I'm, I'm assuming that you, you know, you wear great clothes and you're paying your rent and you're eating food and you're not shying away from like living your life. Yes. Do your, do the people who don't know what you do as a side hustle just think that you're super successful? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like Madeline I mean, you said, are. not, you not are. to my own horn, but I am super successful in the film yes. as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean um, to say that you're not. No, but, no, that's, um, that's fine. But, but yes. Um, so basically, what what I did was, um, I, I ha- again, I had a lot of debt, like credit card debt. Like I wasn't even like I wasn't even keeping my head above water. I was like drowning in debt. So the first thing that I had to do was was get out of that debt. So it just looked like I was, you know, sort of, sort of starting to get my finances in order, starting to like book more things. And and then I did start to book more things because I had more time and I had more energy and more and a more flexible schedule. So I did start to book more things. And then my career did take off. So it was this kind of like nice symbiotic relationship of of the sex work providing the time and the energy and the money that I needed to put into my film career. So it was this nice relationship of, of give and take that, that boosted that. And, and now I do have a successful film career. And now I just do the spa work whenever I feel like I need a little bit of extra money. Whenever I feel like, you know, I want to buy something, I'll, I'll just go and do a few shifts and, and make some money. So, so do you feel like you're phasing out the spa world a little bit? Yeah, I am. I am. Um, yeah, I, I said originally that I wanted to do one year and then I would get out. It's been three years. It's just like, it's so tempting. And that's that's a lot of um, what uh, happens in the industry too, is the money is just so so tempting that people kind of stay with it for a really long time. So yeah, I think I, I've taken a lot of big breaks in between as well, not only for filming, but for like traveling and like my mental health as well. It's important to to take breaks. So it's been on and off for three years. I think maybe like another year. I don't know. We'll see until I'm not happy, I guess. <laughs> but, but correct me if I'm wrong. So as tempting as it is, and you keep referring to the money, so there is obviously the money that's a huge draw to it. Mm-hmm. it. It still isn't, it's not, how do I say this? You don't, it's not like you dread going to this job though. Like, yes, the money is very enticing, but it also sounds like you have a, a good time and, and you almost look forward to this work, which mm-hmm. which is great, right? Because you don't want yeah. the money to be the only draw. Absolutely. And it's not all about the money. Um, and, and you know, I, it's funny, like working in retail and working in, in a, the service industry, and I know a lot of people probably can relate, is that I got treated like shit when I worked in retail. I got treated like shit when I worked in like the service industry and restaurants. Like not only like people being sexually aggressive towards me, but being just actually mean to me. And now I go into work and I go into the room and I have people telling me that I'm the hottest fucking person they've ever seen in their life uh, <laughs> every day, uh, which is awesome. And, and you know, I have a lot of clients that I actually really enjoy seeing. I actually really either have a connection with them on a sexual level or I just enjoy chatting with them or they're really nice. Um, and I think there's a stereotype about clients as well. I think there's the stereotype that they're all sort of like, you know, sleazy or married men, um, which some of them are, but also some of them have Down syndrome and autism. Some of them have trauma. They've been raped when they were 12 and they they need a comfortable, safe space to come 
to be with someone that's not going to judge them. And I think that's a big part of the work that a lot of people don't really hear about. Um, it is healing. It, it can be healing for for clients to come in and to have this space and to explore. Um, maybe they're ashamed of, of a fetish they have or they're ashamed of their body and they come in and they're with me in the room and it's non-judgmental and I put on some nice music and they can just experience that without having to worry. And so it is rewarding in that way too. I can find I can find that super rewarding. I'm so glad you touched on that. That was on my list of notes and questions because I remember we had chatted about that when we were discussing this in person earlier um, and you had mentioned the disability factor and that was so eye-opening for me because again, we just have these stereotypes of who the clientele is and who the sex workers are. And, and to hear that, it was just, it was just very enlightening because it, you know, you don't, you don't realize that yeah, just the, the the needs that are out there and um, yeah. how this can be a safe space to your to your word. And I think as a society, we we really, we still have kind of qualms about talking about sex in a lot of ways. You know, we, we like to, totally. to think like, ooh, you're disabled, uh, so obviously you don't enjoy sex, which is not true. Um, or, ooh, you're, you're really old, you obviously don't enjoy sex now. It's like, no, but like uh, elderly people enjoy sex, um, people with disabilities enjoy sex, um, you know, everyone enjoys sex. So, well, not everyone, but, you know, a lot of people enjoy sex. So um, to kind of dismiss those people as well and just say like, well, you're gross for wanting sex or you can't get sex because you're, you have X, Y, Z. Um, I think is is really detrimental, and I think opening that conversation up is is important. And sex work is at the front lines of kind of those conversations, and and giving people kind of the opportunity to explore that. So it's not all just you know super horny men who want to cheat on their wives. It's it's everybody, everybody. Would you say of all your clientele, you do have a prominent group of people? that's most common or could you not say that? Um, yeah, I mean, so we, our spot actually has two different locations, one that's kind of midtown. So the clientele that comes in there stereotypically is kind of the younger white uh, businessman who's coming in after work or he's coming in after lunch. A lot of them are married. So that is kind of the stereotype. Um, they have money, um, then the other location is in Scarborough. So people that come in there are maybe a bit more working class, a bit more like people of color. So it, it kind of can depend on the location of the spa. Um, also, our spa is predominantly um, white women who work there, as opposed to the stereotype, which is true, that a lot of spas in the GTA are Asian spas. So um, we don't have any people that are Asian that work with us right now. Not by choice, just so happens that a lot of people that we hire are, are white women or people of color. So so we kind of get a different clientele as well. It's people that are looking for, um, I guess, quote unquote, Canadian women. Can I say that? I don't know. That's, that's what they call and ask for. And we're like, do you mean white women? Like, what do you mean? Like there's racism that still happens in the industry too. So we get a lot of interesting people that come in that are not looking for Asian spas, quote unquote. Now you mentioned, you know, uh, and just out of interest, you mentioned that you're like cisgender heterosexual. So do you, do women come through these doors looking to sleep with women and, and do women do that out of the spa or 
or does that not happen? Is it solely men that are coming in or? Uh, we get women occasionally. Um, we do, we, yeah, we do have a couple women that come in. Um, one of my clients who is on the spectrum um, is a woman and she was actually my first experience with a woman. <laughs> um, so that was interesting. It's, it's kind of interesting as a, a, a worker um, exploring my sexuality as well, kind of through this job. So yeah, we do get a few women that call, uh, not a lot. We did have a male worker a couple of years ago who saw male and female clients. So we, we got a kind of a boost in seeing women come in once he was working there. He was quite attractive. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, so that was my other question. So are there any men working now or is it solely women? Yeah. Solely women right now, but yeah, we're, we're kind of open to, Whoever, it doesn't matter what what gender. Um, if you want to work, you can work. Yeah, interesting. There's, there's a there's a niche and a a person for everybody out there. Like um, it, whatever you're into, you can you can definitely find. So it's a wild world out there <laughs> that I wasn't privy to before. It's so interesting. Yeah, just again, I just want to ask: Have you ever felt endangered? Mm, that's a good question. So again, uh, I, I think having a spa, like a, a physical place to go has really helped with that a lot. Like I don't mix uh, my personal life and the spa life in the sense that I don't see clients at home. That's like a, a rule that I have. Um, so a lot of girls will freelance, they'll bring, they'll bring men back to their apartments or whatever, or they'll, they'll work out of a condo. Um, I made the choice not to do that just because I didn't want to mix them. Um, so it helps to have a storefront. It helps to have, you know, a, a person there that's like managing, that's, you know, always kind of watching what's going on. We have security cameras. Um, so I do, I do feel pretty safe. I did have one incident where a gentleman was kind of acting a bit funky and I was like, this is not, I had bad vibes. So, you know, he was like, is the door locked? I was like, definitely let me go check. And I went and unlocked it because I was like, this is weird. He ended up being a bit violent, which is, it was a very interesting kind of scary experience. But I was right there. I was in the room and, you know, my manager was there and she kicked him out. And and that's, that's what happened. But yeah, he, he just got, he just got handsy and, and, uh, and kind of grabbed my neck and grabbed my throat a little bit. So it was um, violent in that way, not in like a sexual way. But yeah, we don't tolerate that. And again, you know, this kind of goes back to our first point. What do you do in that situation? Well, I can't call the cops and say that a man that I was just having sex with choked me and they come and that, you know what I mean? Like, what are they going to do? They're going to be like, well, you're a prostitute. <laughs> you know, like we, we're not protected in that way because we can't call the cops. Yeah. If you, if you have someone who's violent in a storefront, obviously you call the cops, the cops come and they help you out. But if someone's, you know, violent to you and you're a sex worker, um, what do you do? You can't call the cops because if the cops come, then they're going to, you know, berate you for, you know, selling your body and arrest you maybe, you know? So we, we have to kind of look out for ourselves in that way, which, which is what I was saying about, you know, if it's legal, then you're, you're more protected than if it's illegal. So it's, it's this backwards concept of they're trying, you know, the government says they're trying to help by creating these laws, but really like if you listen to sex workers, if you listen to what sex workers are saying, we just want to be protected. We want to be legal. We want to, you know, have the freedom to work. Right. So in that case, you, you, 
told your boss? How did you notify your boss that you were feeling uncomfortable? Oh, I I ran out of the room. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I ran out of the room. Yeah. I, wow. uh, yeah. Like he was getting violent. Um, he was choking my neck. And so I got away and I ran out of the room. I, I kept it unlocked and, uh, cause I had weird vibes and, uh, yeah, I ran out of the room. I was like, this guy, this fucking guy just choked me. And she came out of the room and she's like, get the fuck out. And we got him on like a little screen grab on our security camera and he hasn't been back since, but it's like, you know, that guy, what is out at another spa doing it to someone else? Like, you know, because yeah. we couldn't call the cops because it's not legal. So how is that protecting people? It's it's yeah. this weird backwards way of thinking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's interesting in that way. It is so interesting. I'm so glad we got to chat about this. Curtis, any other questions, comments? I think I'm good. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us and share with us some of this cool work and, and life. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it is. It really is. I, I could talk about it for like hours. <laughs> well, I can tell you're passionate about it. And yeah, I think I think sex, I agree with you. It's not talked about enough at all levels. And it's yet it's the most primitive part of the human experience. And we don't talk about it. It's still stigmatized. And I think we're moving. We are moving in a direction where it's becoming less and less stigmatized. But we still have so far to go. And um, I think that's only to yeah. our detriment that we don't talk about it. So I think this stuff is so beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And Thank I know you. you're super busy. Eden's a super busy gal. So she took the time <laughs> to chat with us. So we really, really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.